This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, bonus episode 24 centimeter. On this episode, we review the concert at the Queen Elizabeth Theater in Vancouver, British Columbia on Monday, August 19th, 2019. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. How's it going, eh? <laughs> we're in Canada, eh? <laughs> ABC, we are, yes. What a day. We got up in Kent, Washington, and we made our way up to Vancouver, and then... Went to the show. Yeah, I just want to hit some highlights from our day off. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah, we had a day we off. We had a day off in Seattle. <laughs> we did some really cool things. We went to Nintendo. Yeah, the Nintendo. Which, which is not in Seattle directly. It's outside of Seattle, and I'm blanking on the name of the city. But I'm sure if you look up Nintendo in Washington Yeah, it's State, like the Nintendo <laughs> America headquarters. And it's not like, you know, necessarily a tourist thing, but Jackie had a friend who lived right near there, Mel, so we went to visit her and went there, and really the only thing that there was for us, except <laughs> peering in windows, <laughs> which was sketchy at best, was they had a giant Legend of Zelda statue. I can't, I'm blanking on the name yeah, of it. and Jackie was thrilled, excited, <laughs> super, super excited for it. She plays Legend of Zelda, and she even said it was, it was one of the uh, characters, which I guess is very scary in the in I don't play so I'm not quite sure what I this do thing play does. and I, I can't remember I but, but, but they are scary they are... this thing is like this thing has got all these little legs coming out of it and shoots lasers and kills you and this thing is apparently very stressful and frightening in Legend of Zelda because Jackie was terrified of this statue <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool I guess it it was the equivalent of being life size if, if you it was consider yourself it was to gigantic be yeah so it was yeah it was uh, really interesting. And they also had, what was also kind of cool is that we walked around a little bit, and that's really all there is on the grounds to see, because again, it's not really a tourist track, it's, it's a you know, business. However, one thing we did peer into their parking deck, which was done up like Mario Kart, which, yeah. was, which is actually really cool. <laughs> right, and when we say that, it, it, there were a checker pattern on the wall it wasn't you know there weren't like goombas or any you know there wasn't well there were it wasn't too too deep but there were was, banana peels in the middle of the that's right you kept throwing them at me <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun and then of course you know we did get to go out to, or prior to that we went out to uh lunch with melanie and uh we also got to see teslas lots and lots of teslas yeah, cool. <laughs> apparently teslas are super popular out here and there's actually a spot where they park all these teslas which is really awesome like this tesla parking lot right and yeah i'm sure it has a more formal name than that <laughs> <laughs> that was cool but then we went actually back to seattle proper and this was cool i I've always heard about this place, and I just thought it was the coolest thing. They throw fish around, and it's called Pike's Fish Market. 
Yeah. And while we were there, a couple people had ordered fish, and uh, they were throwing fish, and it was so cool. <laughs> and it was really cool there, too, because they have these giant Dungeness crabs that they had. From where I am on the East Coast, crabs don't get to be this size. We have the uh, blue crabs by me, and they're you know decent size, but they're nothing like the size of these Dungeness crabs. So uh, it was really cool. One of the guys that was working there was like, you want a sample? And we're like, hell yeah. So he... Uh, <laughs> To clarify, Dave and Jackie said, hell yeah. I, and, and I Ethan, said, hell Ethan, no. <laughs> Ethan ran the other way. Uh, <laughs> I do not eat fish. Yeah, so Jackie and I, I got to eat the Dungeons crabs, and they are really tasty, and it was cool. And then we kind of hung around there for a little bit, but we're, oh, we went into this little uh, store that sold like all these different... It was a very nerdy store. Ner- yeah, it was like a nerd store. It really was. It was we like, saw like a sign that said Funko Pops, and we're like, all right, let's go in there. There's going to be stuff, and it was a good choice. And then Ethan was like, I challenge whoever can find Weird Al first wins. And like he's like, oh, there he is. (laughs) Like, you didn't even give me a chance. (laughs) Well, I won. So I won fair and square. (laughs) Yeah, so there was a a whole bunch of... Well, what was funny is Weird Al Funko Pop was nestled between uh, two other Funko Pops. (laughs) I believe it was Prince Prince and and Kurt Cobain. Yes, Prince and Kurt Cobain. So that was uh, that was pretty funny to kind of have the two ends of the spectrum <laughs> next to Al. <laughs> we hopped on the monorail, which was a fun little trip over towards the Space Needle and the Museum of Pop Culture. We yeah. did not go in the Space Needle, but we did walk around it. Well, and we well, but we both admitted that we were excited to ride the monorail because of the Simpsons song. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to not say monorail and not think of that Simpsons episode. <laughs> totally. <laughs> we went into the Museum of Pop Culture, and that was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. That, that was, was really cool. That was really cool. That's worth a stop. We got, of course... I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really... Yeah, I mean, uh, when we talked to Kenneth a little bit about it, you know, he kind of told us, you know, what it was about, but it's really, I mean, he... He did a good job explaining what it was, but going there and just seeing it is just is just really amazing. Massive. Really cool exhibits. I mean, I don't think we'll, we'll go into all of them, but no. you know, some of the they had a couple you know specific ones for different music acts. They had a, a Nirvana one, they had a Prince one, they had a Pearl Jam one. I really liked the Pearl Jam one because. I mean, I don't know anything about Pearl Jam except for <laughs> that my baby's in love with Eddie Vedder, <laughs> but just seeing. You know, such an amazing collection of T-shirts and posters and backstage passes and broken guitars, like that kind of stuff that, you know, kind of reminds me of our Weird Al collections. And, you know, just kind of the idea of, you know, how cool would it be to see a display like that for Weird Al? Yeah, I was thinking if I had the room that they have here at this pop culture museum to put out stuff like this (laughs) and the money to do it and to to frame it all up nicely and put in nice display cases and, and label it all out, I would love to do something like that with my Weird Al collection and kind of hit up some of the other big Weird Al collectors and fans and and get some of their cool, unique items. That would be really cool. But that was cool. I had a lot of fun there. They had a lot of of things. Like, you know, they had a whole sci-fi section, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, they had Mr. Pointy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They had the actual exoskeleton from Terminator 2. They had some Star Wars stuff, like the Greedo costume. They had Darth Maul's double-sided lightsaber they had a Jawa costume, you know, just some really, yeah. really cool stuff. I really enjoyed the Back to the Future display. They had the hoverboards <laughs> that were used in the film, 
And then they, I don't know if you saw the, they had yeah. like an arsenal, and they had all the guns from Men in Black. Yes. Like the little tiny, like the cricket gun or whatever, like the yeah. tiny one that, you know, is the biggest Yeah, they shot. had those props from all these things. They had a lot of Harry Potter stuff. They had just Lord of the Rings stuff. It was really cool. I'm not a Doctor Who person, but they had a um, Dalek and a Cyberman. Which, yeah. I'm not a Doctor Who person, but I'm aware of both of those. So, <laughs> if you were listening and you're a Doctor Who I mean, fan, it, it's, you know, it was... I think this museum was made for nerds like us. Totally. So Yeah, so total yeah. nerd. So, if you're listening uh, to this haven. podcast and you're going to be in Seattle and you're looking for something to do, highly recommended Museum yeah, of Pop, Pop Culture. And it was just cool because it was right near the Space Needle, so... Yeah, right. Got we, to check it we out. We did walk around the Space Needle. We did not go inside the Space Needle. Ethan did purchase a Space Needle. I did, yeah. <laughs> he uh, made his own Space Needle. <laughs> I, I there's these uh, these really cool things that are you know they're very retro they're called moldomatics and I think they're at least fifty or sixty years old and it's essentially a machine you put in a couple bucks and then it injection molds a plastic souvenir for you and I remember seeing these at the Chicago Science Museum and just totally loving them and I just love the concept of them and. So I got a, a space needle, and it, it's it's pretty delicate. So <laughs> I'm wondering if it's going to make it back to New York in one piece. But it was uh, cool to get see it be made. So that yeah, was, that was worth it. That was worth yeah. Um, and then of course we took the monorail back, and we ate dinner at this place. Not before, before, before something we, very I important. To, I almost skipped skipped <laughs> a nice reference to a Weird Al song here. We went to Bubblegum Alley, and Bubblegum Alley was. This incredible. The it's not like uh, if you've been to the one in San Luis Obispo, the one that Al actually sings about. It's not that, but it is. It's like this tunnel of just. Yeah, it wasn't. It was different. It, yeah, it you know the the one in San Luis Obispo was in between two doors, I guess. Right? Yeah, and it, near a parking lot, and it was outdoors and, and open and, and very. It's uh, very different and very easy to. Yeah, it's like like it's very specific. This is Bubblegum Alley. You know that that's it. This was kind of tucked behind we almost we we kind of stumbled across it we weren't even yeah, looking for it yeah yeah we were looking for a place to eat and we kind of went like down these stairs and all of a sudden i'm like oh my god this is bubblegum alley <laughs> and it was in this tunnel it was on this hill it was it was long it was dark it was it was really it was weird what a weird experience it was yeah. cool and it was just like tons and tons and tons of bubble the weirdest bubble part is there were some like metal air vents and also metal pipes that I think must have some kind of airflow or must heat up because they were like dripping and hanging like stalactites. It was gross. <laughs> it was very gross. There were like it was cool. bugs and wasps flying around, and but it was just jam packed of people chewing gum and sticking it on. And coincidentally, Ethan had stopped at Target earlier in the day and bought some gum. So yeah, we actually had gum with us. Yeah, so. it was like totally a fluke because this like tic tac gum. It's like watermelon flavor. I really don't even like the gum, <laughs> but it's just such a satisfying crunch because it's the, <laughs> the candy shell of a Tic Tac, but with soft inside. And so I got it and, and I was like, oh my God, we have this. So we split it up and chewed it and, and we, we made our stuck. own contribution to the bubblegum alley. <laughs> it was quite memorable and quite disgusting. I will, I do have to say the San Luis Obispo one. I was more impressed by the San Luis Obispo one. I was too. I mean, just because it was uh, the historic value. It's, of it. Yeah, the Weird Al <laughs> the history Weird Al in it, connection. But it was uh, also. But, but this was this was just you, you got to see it. It was yeah. It was something to see, I mean, <laughs> and it was cool that we stumbled across it because it was just 
really weird. So <laughs> what was kind of crazy is we went to, what was the restaurant called? It's called Pike's Pub. Pike's Pub. And I really enjoyed everything I got there. I uh, got a flight of beer. There was a brewery, so they, they made their own beer and they had cool merchandise. I'm actually wearing a Pike Brewing hat right now uh, that I got there. They had cool logos and great food. And we actually recorded like a little bonus <laughs> thing. I don't know where this is ever going to end up or if it ever will see the light of day. But Yeah, I think once uh, Frank finally gets that Patreon account set up, <laughs> it'll probably end up there for our subscribers. It was a lot of fun, and, and we had a challenge uh, about the best pretzel dip. <laughs> and and we debated it, but we did it, you know, top five album style, and yeah, we had to all agree on on the order it was, it was a lot of fun and it took a long time because you know how ethan and I, and I and jackie get when we get together about this stuff yeah that was a great day yesterday it was it was you know yeah long day but it was it was great it was, it was so cool to get to see seattle i'm so glad we had a day off and we got to spend yeah it, it was seattle fun we got to spend it together and, it was and fun everything. it was a lot of fun yeah so then let's get to today uh, what did we do? We got up. Uh, we, we got up. We went out. to Denny's. <laughs> and we we, uh, Denny's. we took off. We uh, yeah, we got up to Canada and yeah, nice. It was a very scenic drive up up. Yeah, Canada. I'm glad we got to drive. I, I, several times on the drive we were going. I was like, oh, look at those beautiful mountains. Look at those beautiful all the green. So green up here. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, and and just just driving. And I was like, oh, I'm on the highway, and it's so beautiful. <laughs> I can't right. wait till I get off the highway and get to kind of see you know just the the real beauty of this place so it was nice and a nice drive up we did uh, have a quick crossing at the border i felt one question that (laughs) that almost got us almost got us detained and the the woman had asked us what are you doing here how long are you gonna be there and all that stuff you know and then uh she said what are your occupations and of course i know my occupation and i know jackie's occupation (laughs) and i kind of roughly know Ethan's occupation. So I just said, oh, he's in the entertainment business, which (laughs) must have triggered something in her mind because she's like, what does that mean? Right. I'm like, she oh, must have oh. thought that I was, you know, going across the border to work, and I'm sure that you know is a whole other issue. But I explained to her that you know that that is not my role, you know, my occupation. So see, um, he's official podcaster. Yeah. So <laughs> we did clear that up, and she's like, "Oh, okay." We did have one issue though. Frank didn't have his papers in order, so we did leave him at the border. Yeah. Well, Frank was stupid and did not get a passport ahead of time. Yeah, so, I mean, I had the enhanced license and I had the passport, and I don't even yeah, know if Frank Jackie has and I either. had a passport, of course, and we're ready to go. And Frank was like, "Oh, I need a passport, right?" So we'll pick him up on the way back, right? No one's going to bother him there, right? Yeah, he should be fine. Should be fine. Should you know, I gave him that the rest of that bag of Skittles you had. Oh, yes, good. good. Yeah, I hope he saves me the red ones. Well. <laughs> I don't know if uh, if he has the phone service for for Canada, but we'll try and text him. Yeah, that's the other thing is you come up to Canada and it, I guess there's a whole process you need in order to be able to use your wireless phones or, or at least if you have Verizon like I do. And we didn't think about that, so so we're I did. relying. Ethan did. So because this is my second time in Canada this tour, so the first time I. You know, luckily I, you know, I had the idea. I was like, oh, I need to figure this out. And so I'm relying <laughs> a lot on Ethan to, to get me places. Uh, well, I guess I can also mention it's really cool. When we did get to Vancouver, they do have like free public Wi-Fi all over the place. So that actually helps a lot. Yeah. So it basically was like, oh, this is really nice. <laughs> After we checked in to the hotel, we headed to the venue. Yep. And we wanted to make sure that we could find parking 
because it's always so <laughs> annoying, you know, searching for parking for an hour. So when we got on the street that was pretty close to the venue, we saw a parking garage. It was only like 16 bucks for the rest of the night, so we just grabbed it. Which is like 50 cents American. Right, yeah. 50 cents equals 15 bucks Canadian or 16. So we grabbed it, and then as we're walking to the venue, we passed three <laughs> different garages that were less than half price of what we paid. <laughs> so We didn't scope happens. it at a time. <laughs> it would have been worth going around the block maybe one time. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Because it would have been closer and cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Live and learn. Oh, well. Well, we went straight to the venue, and uh, we were checking, because Jackie and I had VIP for this show, so we wanted to see if we could check in for the VIP, and the doors weren't open yet, but we did see JW. And, oh, yeah. And he, hey, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> so we did have a good talk with JW. Uh, yeah, we chatted for a few minutes yeah, a good before talk he had with, to go. Uh, and then he had to... He got called back to do, you know, <laughs> what he was hired to do. <laughs> His job. His job. <laughs> Not just smooth with uh, the Al fans. But that was cool. And then we were kind of like, well, let's go get something to eat. And we couldn't decide on what we wanted to eat, you know. So we ended up. Oh, yeah, we, well, I wanted, Jackie and I wanted to go to this vegan place, but... There's nothing on a vegan menu for me. Right. <laughs> it's very tricky because Dave can't eat vegan food, and I prefer <laughs> vegan, you know, and I am a vegetarian. So, you know, finding a happy medium, we ended up just picking a place called Frankie's. Yeah, Frankie's Italian Because <laughs> we were starting to miss Frank a little bit, and we were it thinking of Frankie Yankovic. You know. and... Just figure out, we'll bring him back a piece of pasta or something. A doggy know. bag. <laughs> By the way, I'm wearing today a blue Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Bright, bright, bright blue. royal blue. Ethan is wearing a red, very bright red, red, red Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt. And Jackie's wearing a very bright purple, purple. Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast And we didn't t-shirt. necessarily coordinate, but it is kind of funny that if you mix blue and red, you get purple. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So we did pose with Jackie in, in between us. Yeah. But while we were posing, actually, uh, it was cool because uh, the, the people we were talking to were like, oh, I want to check out this podcast. Yeah. Saw our shirt, so that was really <laughs> cool. So if you're listening, hello to you. And thanks for listening. And also, we ran into some other people who were like, oh, you guys got the Weird Al podcast. And, I'm not uh, convinced they actually have listened to it or know who we are. But, but they, they seem to have known about our podcast somehow. So maybe they saw it but didn't actually look at it. But it was these two guys... They were going to the Weird Al show, Theo the Greek and Crispy. Yeah, and <laughs> great guys. They, they were so much fun to talk to. I had yeah, a lot we of kept fun seeing them to. the whole night. Like, we kept running into them. And they're, you know, locals from Vancouver, you know, and, and they're just like, they're, you know, very... Well, Crispy was a chef. Crispy so, was, yeah. so we said, hey, we're going to Frankie's. Is that He's a good like, choice? Yeah. And he was like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> we're like, well, we got to pick a place. He gave us like suggestions that weren't like anywhere near the venue, though. So it really right. wasn't helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's a chef and, you know, he's a foodie. And he's we're like, like oh, well, you should drive three hours yeah, yeah, to Seattle. You should go Seattle. to this place. And we're like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not helping. We got like an hour before the concert. We want something... So we we headed over to Frankie's. Just we said, well, what the heck? It's an Italian place. Let's go. We can find we can find something that everybody is going to yeah. like on this menu. Uh, we go there and we like walk in and it looks like people are wearing tuxedos and ball <laughs> gowns and we're like, mm, this might be. Did anyone bother checking the price on this thing? Yeah, like, the, oh. you know the the cheapest meal was like thirty or forty bucks, and we're just like. I don't know if that's what I'm in the mood for right now. <laughs> so we're like, we're all great. Now we're hungry. 
we're under a time crunch. Where are we going to go? I look across the street and there's this place called Boston Pizza. Now, <laughs> I don't know if I go to want to go to Vancouver and order pizza that was made in Boston, but somehow it was <laughs> like something so bizarre about it, but we we're just so like kind of like, desperate. That's like that's like pizza. Perfect. That's going to be quick. It's going to be <laughs> something we can all agree on and good. But we went in there, and it was, a, it was like this little sports bar place. I, I don't think it was, it was a, a chain. chain. It might be a chain. I think it was a chain. It, it, it looked uh, like it was kind Funny of enough, a chain. A, probably a Canadian chain called <laughs> Boston Pizza. Like, just the weirdest mix of things. And it was a sports bar, and but it, it was great. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> like, they had so many choices of pizza, so many different options. And, and They had a drink special where it was $5 for a bottle of Corona, or $5 for a margarita. Jackie and I got margaritas, and of course we renamed them <laughs> Yankaritas. Yeah, and, Yankaritas. Uh, they were actually really good. Like, I've had expensive margaritas that were not as good as those. Yeah, so wow. it was Yeah, it was, uh, it was great. And then I got a pierogi pizza, which was, I guess, pierogi ingredients. There was, like, potato and, and chives and sour cream, and it was spicy, and it was a little pizza. It was great. Yeah, and I got, believe it or not, the Hawaiian pizza. Hey! <laughs> so, yeah, it was really cool. Like, they had tons of uh, and the food, and it was really good pizza. I actually, you know, surprised for, like, a chain, you know. But, yes, it was cool. It was... We definitely stumbled on the right place. Yeah, we lucked out the fact that, you know, Frankie's was, uh, was you know, like Frankie's Frank, was... overpriced. <laughs> Frankie was swanky. But, yeah, so, so that, was, that was cool. You know, even the woman who was our waitress was uh, basically saying, oh, you guys have a podcast? I want to check that out. <laughs> so it was like, these shirts are working. Yeah. <laughs> good investment. We need to, like, wear them every day. We need just a whole closet of Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch weird l podcast shirts <laughs> yes yeah, so we we uh headed back to the venue and got in there was there anything i'm missing here i think we're good yeah i mean we did walk past that one statue that was oh i forgot not, about that i can't believe it that already they put up a statue of me yeah they did get the uh proportions a little bit wrong and they yeah. they had you missing a leg but <laughs> yeah they no. had it had you doing your hand pose for our, from yeah, the Dave Ethan characters? Right. So. Statue of me doing my hand pose. So <laughs> I was, uh, I'm flattered. Thank you, Vancouver. Yeah, that was very nice of you. Uh, way to make me feel welcome. It was really cool. Okay, so yeah, we went back to the venue. When I, we got back, we basically separated quick, you know, because I had, we had to go to the VIP, right? And, and to be honest, I had no idea where my seat was because <laughs> you know you book these things, you know, a long time ago, and, and it's in a a venue you're not familiar with so mine said like center row 19 so i'm like okay i'm in the center in the row 19 well no i wasn't i was actually on the balcony <laughs> row 19 though was the front of the balcony it's so bizarre that's weird so i ended up with perhaps the best seats i've had on this entire tour i was sitting directly in the center front row of the balcony i had an amazing view of the stage and i was able to see the audience which was pretty cool, so I could, you know, keep track of who's waving their arms and, and whatnot. You could watch me from your seat. Good, I can see you. Yeah. Your big, bright blue shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was kind of cool. As I was going into the venue, I had brought a poster too with me because I knew I had VIP and I was going to be carrying two posters. So I go in, and first the guy looks at me. He goes, oh, what's that? And I said, oh, it's a poster tube. And he's like, oh, okay. Uh, you can go. I said, "Why do you bring a poster tube?" I said, "Because I have VIP." And he's, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> so 
he lets me in and I go to the VIP table and they're like really like man everybody's bringing poster tubes <laughs> and I'm like well yeah you're giving away posters like, yeah they're like you guys are limited so, edition posters you guys are so you guys are so like thoughtful to think of that but like so like <laughs> apparently like we're not the only people and there were other people I saw carrying in poster tubes so yeah it was really kind of like well, it only took me a while to figure that out to bring a poster tube if you're going to get a poster Right. And it was, yeah, so it was kind of cool. So I, I like that they were like, oh, then fans here are so smart. Weird Al fans are smart. <laughs> and I brought a poster tube, but I didn't have VIP because I wanted Al to sign a poster. And you don't want to just carry a poster. You want a tube. Right. So it stays nice. So, yeah, we both had poster tubes tonight. Then we ran into each other in the lobby. And we also, we'd say we run into these guys all the time. We ran into yeah. Theo and Crispy in the <laughs> lobby. So we were talking to them a little bit longer. Then we split up. And we I split up. I ran, I ran into Javier in the lobby after you had left. Oh, yeah. And I ran into Marnie. Oh, cool. I didn't get to see Marnie. Yeah. I, I, I ran into her like, right as I left you. And it was funny because I had messaged her and I ran into her responding to me. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I was typing out an answer. So I asked her about the Suzanne prints because they are $100 typically in the U.S., but they usually mark up all the merchandise just they mark it up to Canadian dollars because it's not a one-to-one thing so they mark them up so it's equivalent but they hadn't marked it up in Toronto so you know there were a couple fans who had reached out to me and, and wanted me to pick them up them at a discounted rate because 100 Canadian is equivalent to 75 US so it was just a good deal so but they weren't out at the merch booth yeah, Javier had said to me, did you go past the merchandise? I said, yeah. I said, did you notice that the prints were now? Because he wanted to pick up a set as well. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, I didn't notice this. Well, I can check for you because this was Javier's last show for this tour. So Well, I have the answer. The answer. I got the yes. answer okay, from good. Marnie. I was going to say, I Because I asked her. That's what I was asking her about. And she said that just due to the layout of the venue, when she was offloading the merch, because they can't bring all of the merch across the border, they have to ship some. So where it was parked as she was unloading, like they moved the truck. So she just like uh, wasn't able to unload it, uh, um, unfortunately. Okay, so well, maybe they'll be. Maybe she said be the next, the, it will be the rest of the tour. Yeah, yeah, I was heard okay. Yeah. All right, well, okay. Well, I offered to say if I did see them, and I would pick them up for Javier, but he declined. He said, no, it's okay. I appreciate it, though. Hmm. Like, so I noticed that there was, like, a huge line for merchandise, so I didn't really want to it, sit in there. I was going to go, but it was literally up the stairs. Yeah. It was <laughs> huge. So I there was a couple things that I wanted to pick up because just with the Canadian prices, they didn't adjust the price of the keychains. Mm. So normally $5 U.S. are $5 Canadian, which ends up being, like, 350 or 375 US. So, hey, if you want a keychain, get it in Canada. You save, yeah, sure. you know, a little you're going bit. to Canada. <laughs> and then the um the pop sockets were still $15. So, $15 US and $15 Canadian ends up being I think close to, you know, 11 or or something. Yeah. So, if you want another pop socket, which I do, yeah. you know, I might as well. Yeah, maybe I'll have you pick one up for me tomorrow with your yeah. stress-free shopping. That's or right. not tomorrow, <laughs> the next day. Yeah, well, or you could do it in Abbotsford. Oh, I wanted to mention there is one more deal, and that is the enamel pins. I don't remember. I think it's 25 and typically 20 and you save like two bucks in the conversion. <laughs> <Cool>. So. <laughs> Um, you're, you know, yeah, nickel and dime. That stuff, that stuff adds up. If you're a, a huge collector and you, you got to have true. everything that, and you got to have multiples, it 
you know, little deals yeah, just, work just, out. Just book a trip to Canada, which is right. going to cost more than $2, <laughs> and you'll save $2. Yeah. So I was also looking at the uh, food and drink line, and that was long, too. And I'm like, ah, it's okay. I don't really need uh, anything. I'll be okay. You know. And I look over, and there's this little coat checks area. And I noticed there's this refrigerator next to the coat check area filled with, like, bottled drinks. So I was like, okay. And so I go over there to see what that was all about, and the woman had a little, like, cash register with her so i was like okay i guess i can buy it here and she's like yeah so i just bought my iced tea without having to wait in line <laughs> and <laughs> it was, so was three dollars canadian which is like 33 cents you know <laughs> I, I didn't do the conversion but 33 cents real money you know so i was talking to her and she gave me some tips on some places to go hiking tomorrow so I was really like excited. So it was, I was like three dollars well spent, <laughs> <laughs> and you got a free iced tea. <laughs> so like I said, I I was surprised. I had no idea where my seat was. I mean, I guess I was thinking ahead when I bought the ticket, but <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot. I mean, when you're going to eighteen shows, you can't really keep track of <laughs> where you're sitting for each one. So I was pleasantly surprised. I was very happy. You know, there's no one in front of me and kind of get a little bit more leg room because, you know, you just have the balcony in front of you. So, yeah, your seats were cool. I was uh, happy. I turned around and got to see where you were. My seats were amazing. Yeah, I, cause I, was... I saw you right away because you were also in the center. So you were like my seat, but right in front of the stage. Yeah, I was in row two, not row one, but I, I'm not complaining. <laughs> they were amazing. And as I, as I sit down... Obviously, I knew Jackie was sitting next to me, but next to us is sitting Javier. That's so funny. So I was like, amazing. And, he's, and he actually picked up the tickets. Like He said, I picked up my tickets like a month after. So this that seat was either available for a month and no one grabbed it or it had been released, you know, moments so before he checked it. Yeah. And, but it was, he's like, I saw it and I was like, I grabbed it. So it was really cool that we got to sit together. It's so cool. Like, you know. When the one other person in the right. venue that you know happens to be sitting next to you. <laughs> well, that's the thing is he wasn't the one other person in the venue I knew because I had gotten a message from Kat O'Carroll and she had told me that, look for me at the concert because I'm going to be playing percussion in this concert. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? Yeah, it was kind of like a last minute deal that she put together. And she even kept the secret from the band, which was cool. So just a little spoiler from later, I was talking to Bermuda and he asked me if I knew her and I was like, I, you know, I know of her and I know she contributed to the yeah. podcast, but I've never met her yet. And he's like, not only did I not know she was performing tonight, He's like, I've known her for 20 years, and I didn't know she was a percussionist. <laughs> and I said, Bermuda, if I was a percussionist, that's literally the only thing I would talk to you about. <laughs> so she must have a lot of interesting things if, <laughs> if that's to not talk on, about. If that's, <laughs> that's not what she talked to Bermuda in the last 20 years about. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, she's a wonderful, wonderful person. So I knew, so she said, look for me, and sure enough, you know, I could see her perfectly. However... I could only see her during the uh, Stormtrooper Symphony because she was uh, standing for that, but I couldn't see other than that. But I could see her great. Well, you, you could see the entire orchestra. <laughs> I could, yeah, this was, it was really cool because I could see the whole orchestra, so I was excited because it was just a different point of view. And once the orchestra actually started, I could hear it just so perfectly. I could hear oh, the individual. Amazing. And it was amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a very was, talented I mean, group. I, mean, I don't know that anything, in my opinion, is going to ever top Red Rock, but they this was a amazing sounding show. It was one of my favorite favorite sounding shows. And then I don't know if we're gonna bring up this if we're gonna want to get into this controversy, but you did count the members of yeah, the orchestra so because I had such a, a clear view. I was like, you know, I've never had this opportunity. I'm gonna count the people in the orchestra, <laughs> and 
the craziest thing is I counted and I got 37. I was like, <laughs> I better count again. And I'm not including Eric in this count. Right. Just, just the orchestra members. So I counted again and I got 38. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll count a third time and see. And then I got 37 again. I'm like, okay, this is weird. So... Like, I swear to God, 15, 16 times <laughs> I counted, and it would either be 37 or 38. I took a picture, and I, I sent you, just, just yeah. so you could see my view, but then I was looking at that picture, and I counted, and I swear, I got 37, and I counted again, and I got 38. So I really, I don't know. I think I need to <laughs> physically print out the picture and cross people off, because I really just, I don't know if it's 37 or 38. <laughs> and I don't know how, I like... I've made it this far. I, I completed through calculus too. Like I should be able to count people. And it's not like I'm counting three million people. It's thirty thirty but okay, regardless if it's thirty seven or thirty eight, that is not forty one. No. So either three or four people <laughs> What happened to those three or four people? And why are we not looking for them? Why is there no concern? Yeah, so that kind of surprised me and then it made me think I've never counted before. How many other shows were there not the advertised number of people? 41. <laughs> the well, 41 I, don't ever, I don't know if it's advertised that well, there are 41 ad, people. Just, just a it's way of speech, you know. Yeah, I'll just say at one point in the show, a 41-piece orchestra. And we yeah, have bef- a 41-piece yeah, orchestra. Before um, Harvey the Wonder So, I mean, I guess... And then he references the number again... When he does, you don't love. Yeah, me and the anymore. shows that he does, you don't love so, me anymore, right? He does, he does do the math and 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 make it say, oh, the other forty eight people on stage, right? So, I mean, it could just be scripted that way, and he just doesn't count them ahead of time, and doesn't want to change that number right. constantly, depending on you know how many people actually show up. I guess I don't know what, what happened to these other people, or maybe you know having a forty one piece orchestra doesn't mean it's forty one people. It could just be you know. 38 people, but some of them have multiple roles. That's true, too. So I actually don't know. If, if you know more about this stuff than we do, let us know. Maybe we should talk to somebody in the orchestra. Yeah, that would be like, interesting you know, if we knew someone who played percussion. That would be thrilling if we could actually <laughs> talk to somebody who played with Weird Al who knows percussion that's not in the band. It's in an orchestra that happened to play in, oh, let's say, Vancouver. And then Victoria and <laughs> Um So... I, I don't know if you noticed this, but when Eric first came out to start the Stormtrooper Symphony, people just went wild. And yeah, it was a great And he's, he commented, he said, that is the appropriate response. Yes. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. So Raider March, Mission Impossible, Superman, and Star Wars. And uh, oh, he did he did say that in between, between Superman, Superman and Star Wars. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't speak before that. And I noticed that, of course, people recognize. I love when they do that. They hear a couple notes and they're like, "Oh, I know what this is." And I noticed that. And every that. everyone gets Star Wars at this I love the, that. The certain point. So yes. it actually goes for a little bit, and you hear a little bit of like the super nerds know yeah. right away, but. Everyone knows once it hits, you know, the, I guess the most recognizable part of Star Wars. And I knew it was going to be a great crowd because they had got a standing ovation. Yeah. Orchestra. It was huge. The Star Wars Symphony, or the Stormtrooper Symphony, I should say. Congratulations to you, 37 or 38 people in the orchestra. (laughs) (laughs) You guys sounded, you really did. I'm not not just saying that because I know somebody who was in the orchestra this evening that they really sounded amazing. They really did. There was a little bit of a, 
I don't know if you could hear it, but I could certainly hear it from where I was. Right as before he was, they started Beethoven's Fifth, there was this loud buzzing noise. Did you hear that? I did. Yeah, it was very distracting. And then once they started, it stayed for a few seconds, but then it seemed it, to It went get away, and, it, and that's the last I heard of it. Yeah. But it was like, oh, is this going to be going out throughout the whole yeah, concert? Yeah, am I going to have to get used to this? That, like, that, yeah, that was, was a little that. frustrating, but... Yeah, it cleared up quickly. And then, like, when the band came out, I was like, oh, these guys in the band are, like, right on top of me. Like, I know there's a row in between <laughs> me and them, but they were, like, right on top of me. Yeah. I, I felt like, I, you know, I could almost reach out and touch them. That's how close. Our seats were so close, Jackie and my seats. It was amazing. Like, when Al came out for I Lost on Jeopardy, and he's standing right there, I felt like he was almost, like, in my lap. You know right. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, Fun Zone, we had the medley. Contains, I, love, I, I Lost on Jeopardy. Yeah. I Love Rocky Road. I didn't know if I've noted this before, but you know the line where he says, you know, vanilla just leaves me cold? Yeah. The lights at that point turned blue. I noticed that for the first time tonight, too. So I don't know if that was like something I just never picked up on before, or if that was just something that, just because I was so close, I noticed this time, or if that's something that always happens. And I'm right. I'm observant. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it goes with the pattern of literally noticing every, something new every, every time. Show. Every time we see the show, we, we notice something new. I thought that was amazing. I'm like, there's gives so much thought. Yeah. To, to <laughs> thought to every little detail. It's so cool. And then Like a Surgeon, of course, ends up there. Right. And so then for Twine Ball, Al, um, you know, he said, it's great to be back in my hometown of Vancouver. Uh, He said, you know, he's a a very proud Canadian. And he spent the the last several decades in the States doing research so he could write this next song, which was the Twine Ball. (laughs) And I'm so glad he took all that time to write Twine Ball and and get it just right because it, it is just right fantastic song and i did hear the horns yes clearly hear the horns yeah for, for at least from where i was clearly hear the horns so at least it's nice to know that the horns <laughs> section <laughs> were not the missing members <laughs> of the orchestra one thing i do want to point out is that i know that you love 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 the little green square I do love the green square, and the I, green it's square. not that I love it, it's that once I noticed it, I couldn't unnotice it. Well, from my vantage point where I was sitting, the green square was directly in front of me, so it's I right noticed it the entire <laughs> concert. I want to thank you so much for pointing that out. You're welcome. So that I can notice that and, and share in your enjoyment of the green square as well. Spoiler alert, you got to meet someone really cool after the show. I don't want to make people be jealous. So I was yeah, because you know that on the low I know you know we we kind of we've been around. We go to a lot of shows. People kind of start to recognize us, so we do get you know certain perks that other fans don't get. But I, you know, I think it's relevant. So I, I think I, you can share. Yeah, I do feel a little bit uncomfortable because of just how significant this you know, moment was. Right. You know? Right. But but it's germane to the podcast. Yeah, you know. Okay. You know. It's you know. You, you might be name dropping. It might sound like name dropping. Might sound like bragging. But it really, it's just we're we're trying to report. Yeah. That's true. We are, we are we do have to report accurately for you know for the sake of this podcast. Yeah. After the concert was over, I did go up. I did introduce myself to the green square, and I got to take a selfie with the green square. I'm so jealous that you got to you know get up close and personal with the green square because I've been admiring from a distance for so long, and I just I haven't had that opportunity. It was so stinking majestic. That yeah. Moment. I I just I can't put it in words. I I'm still on cloud nine. It was or cloud twenty seven. I guess it was. <laughs> amazing it was and nice. i i did kind of see you contemplate like you know sometimes you see someone that you know very well and you can kind of like understand what they're thinking or their yeah. thought process 
and I think I know. Sorry to burst the bubble and announce it, but I believe, Dave, you're going to be getting a green square tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be covering up your other tattoos. Uh, <laughs> I just put it right over Al's face. Yes, <laughs> the green square. <laughs> So one thing I noticed, I noticed a, like a lot of different things sitting so close this time. Okay. Like, I noticed that like, I know, you know, I know he interacts with people during word crimes, but I just never realized how much he interacts with people <laughs> from the stage during word crimes. It's like almost like he's always in people's faces and yeah. it's like, it's like really like, oh, okay. He's interacting. He's interacting. Oh my God. He really interacts with the audience a lot during this song. I didn't hear anything particular with nomenclature. No, I, well, I wasn't, I didn't either, but admittedly I wasn't listening you forget, to that. I, yeah. was just, I was just so overwhelmed by, by being so close and just by its taking, sheer immensity. <laughs> by, yeah, by <laughs> sheer immensity of knowing the, how close I was to the green square, <laughs> but also of just taking everything in. Cause where I was sitting, I could see like everyone's, expressions and everything which is a totally cool experience you know i could see al's little minor facial tics yeah that he knows yeah, yeah. only the people in the first like two or three rows are going to see but he still puts in the attention to detail and like the al's gals and everything is just it's really like i got to like watch them like the entire concert right. so it was just, it was just cool. a cool experience so yeah i kind of just blanked on even listening for anything for nomenclature one thing i noticed with word crimes is that jim's vocals were very prominent tonight i don't know if you <laughs> noticed this but i mean technically jim is on stage to do vocals for <laughs> word crimes because there's That's not true. there's not a guitar part so he's he clapping clap. and he is singing and so he um, i don't know if it was a mistake or maybe it was just Based on where I was sitting, it was something I was able to hear better. But I heard Jim loud and clear, and, oh, and I love hearing Jim sing. So that was uh, that was a good that's a good thing. That was yes. a good thing. Yeah, there was like a weird feedback noise, or there's something that happened right by the uh, BCRU lyric. Huh. So I'm not, not sure what that was, but interesting. I did not pick that up either. Drum solo. Yeah, and again at the end of the drum solo, Al goes, "John Bermuda Schwartz, what a guy!" Nice. Oh, he's a guy. What a guy. That is true. And he just celebrated his birthday That's the night true. before. That's so awesome. And then I do love how short amount of time Al has to run off the stage and get into his puffy shirt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he does it, you know, he's always like still tugging it down a little bit. I'm like, you know, you could right. just, I'm thinking, you could just tell Bermuda, just play a couple more. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hit the drum a few more times and I'll have a couple more minutes to put my shirt on. <laughs> but I think he maybe likes the challenge. <laughs> During Jurassic Park, I could hear Monique especially well. So I don't know if it was just my seating or if the mix was different tonight, but I could hear Monique really shining during that song. Jurassic Park sounded like amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I just, I mean, I don't have a lot of comments on it, but it was, it was absolutely amazing. I think I mentioned to you to look for Elisa dancing during the song. She was doing that little, you know, that was holding her nose and, and dancing. Yeah. Again. I don't <laughs> know if you were looking or picked that up, but... I think our listeners really want to know what color the drink was this evening. And uh, unfortunately, there was no drink. No, <laughs> no from my seat, it, it was orange. You right, claimed so it was pink, but Jackie, who is sitting right next to you, <laughs> claimed it was also orange. So I think we outvote your pink. Either way, orange or pink, it still has red in it. So I'm still... 100% accurate. That prediction, prediction was, in your opinion, correct. Yes. Uh, in my opinion, not. But <laughs> that's fine. You can, you're allowed yeah, I'm not, to... I, to me, it looked pink, but I, I, maybe it was just the lighting on it or something. But it, pink or orange. So I'm not... So maybe we should put in the spreadsheet orange, asterisk, possibly pink. 
so we can get some kind of photographic evidence <laughs> right. or collaboration from some other people who were at the concert, maybe. Yeah, I think there is a whole podcast dedicated to the drink color. So, <laughs> you know, during Jurassic Park, this is when I sort of realized that sitting in the balcony, I guess the front row of the balcony, <laughs> that, that's how you're meant to see this show. Like, it really was a spectacular experience. Just having seen the show 15 times, not from that seat. Right. That seat, you know, if I could go back and switch some of my older ones to get that seat, I would have. But, I mean, that's yeah. That's probably as hard to get as front row. I don't know how I ended up with it. It must have been a single seat or something. But, I, yeah, it was just, it was amazing. I could see Jim, re- or not Jim, I could see Jim really well. <laughs> but I, you normally can. But I have always had trouble seeing John this tour, John Bermuda Schwartz, just because he's behind the drum set and there's the sound guard. But I could see him, and I could see the expressions, and I could watch him play. And he is just, I mean, they're all so impressive to watch, but drums especially are kind of mesmerizing for me. And and seeing him and the expertise and, and how well he plays him is just, it's it's awesome. It's mind-blowing to, to get to witness. Yeah, and two points on, on that. The first point is that you did mention the plexiglass sound guards. Yes. I did notice, because I was so close, they were wiped clean of any fingerprints. I was going to ask you because you can't really see from far back. So I'm glad that somebody took our suggestion from Dave Neeson's 2000s with yeah. the podcast and decided to clean up those fingerprints because they looked so much more professional and really I'm glad we could help. Let's Dave take this next moment to say you're welcome both to the touring crew who <laughs> listen and take our suggestions, but also you're welcome to the audience who has a better viewing experience because of Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast and our contributions. You can see Bermuda and Eric and the orchestra a lot better, yes. Yeah. And the second point I want to make is that (laughs) what I really, really love about this tour is that no matter where you sit in the theater, it is a great show. It looks or sounds amazing everywhere, and it's just a totally different experience. Jackie and I did have the luxury of sitting in the balcony, not the front row like you were, but in the balcony in Cleveland, and we totally enjoyed it up there. Oh, yeah. I mean, we kind of we said the same thing. We were kind of like, oh, I wish we got a couple more balconies right. because that was so amazing. So, Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. And that's not to say it's not amazing from anywhere else in the theater. It, it is because where I was in the second row was absolutely Especially amazing, if, if but you, it is a different experience. If you were going to be going to multiple shows, yeah. it behooves you to – get some different seats so yeah, you can absolutely. see it a little differently yeah. i know some people like to oh, i only sit in the front row or i only right. sit you know in the first 10 rows or or i only get the cheap seats right so, or I only get so, cheap seats or whatever but yeah i mean if you can afford to go to multiple shows or you know your schedule allows you to or whatever and you have the option to choose different spots in the theater mix it up a little bit yeah that is definitely a recommendation it's enjoyable to do that we've been lucky enough to see it from all different vantage points and it is it's a great show no matter where you see it from but it is a different show which is also amazing so we're up to don't download this song yes so i doubt that you saw this because it was probably 10 or 15 rows behind you but in the beginning of the song (laughs) there was a guy with a real actual fire lighter and he was you know waving it side to side like you know we've seen people with cell phones and he did it for about 10 seconds and then stopped (laughs) and then burning his fingers right and then yeah and i kept seeing him like relighting it and then 
after that, during the middle of the song, he didn't light it up. I didn't see anyone with lights. I was, you know, having that top-down view, I kind of uniquely was able to see what people were doing. Right. And I didn't see anyone doing it. But then, near the end of the song, I saw a lighter guy pop the lighter back out. <laughs> and I noticed one other person with a phone. Oh, so, right. it's better than nothing. There was okay. a fire and a cell phone guy. And they were uh, making up for the rest of us who weren't doing that. Yeah, I mean, this sounded amazing, this song. This sounded very full to me. I don't know how to, how to better describe it, but it sounded like a very full sounding song to me and there were a couple interesting parts like you know where he kind of does the na 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 right before he says you know you deserve it he had bent over and he kind of was looking at me and kind of was like in my face almost i was like oh (laughs) so it was kind of like oh okay he's uh (laughs) he's very close to me even though yes there is a row separating us yes he is much higher than me because he's up on stage but it was just being very close i just felt like i was like right on top of they're right on top of me at the band so that was cool and then he said i don't like getting too controversial but there is something on my mind that i need to share with you (laughs) i love how you know people right and i was gonna say people are like oh oh what's going on (laughs) people like it really they don't know what is coming like but they they kind of like brace themselves for something either oh something i'm gonna hate political political or or, yeah oh don't go there you know or or (laughs) Oh, what's he going to say? And then, of course, you know, he goes on, Happy Weasel Stomping Day. Yeah. And then people are like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Yeah. I should have been expecting that. People forget somehow. You don't love me anymore. Yeah. And uh, he did say our very own Jim uh, Kimo, Jim West. Kimo West on acoustic guitar. Yep. And he did mention, you know, just 48 people left on stage. Yeah. Although, based on my calculations, it was less than that. <laughs> but despite not having a full 48, they did a great job. Yeah. That one, I'm going to call, was my favorite guitar smash of the tour. With the exception of the one where I got the guitar. <laughs> right. But visually, that yeah, was thing it? exploded into so many pieces. It was so much fun. Did you get hit with any? I did not get hit. We were. It was funny because we were so close and Jackie actually turned to me and said... And once you, you know, realized it was a you don't love me anymore show, she was like, oh, we're going to get hit by guitar pieces. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, I mean, was like, this oh, was yeah. the night that you would have because it it just, it shattered into toothpicks almost. Yeah. It, it just, and it, it was, it was a, like, sometimes he hits the guitar multiple times. This was like a, a very quick, ex- yeah, it just, quick <laughs> explosion. It was like, oh yeah, that's what you want in a, in a guitar. You know, yeah, hey. it just, it, yeah, it was really it was really, spectacular yeah it really was. every time it's spectacular but there was something extra special yeah. tonight with it and then of course at the end again because i could see a lot of facial expressions i had not picked up on earlier okay shows, i could see just that look he gives after he's done and he's walking and he's just staring out yeah like the, the heavy that, breathing that heavy breathing <laughs> and that look it's so good that <laughs> anger look that he has up close it's even more like intense and amazing <laughs> and it's just really great and then of course he calls out for Oboe solo. So there you go. So there's one oh, thing okay. I, w- I wanted to ask you. Did it seem like Jim was farther away from Al during You Don't Love Me Anymore? I kind of got the impression that maybe it was a wider stage than we've seen. And it, it seemed like Jim is normally a bit closer. But I don't know if you picked up on that or if I'm just imagining um, things. Maybe a little bit. I, it wasn't something that I had particularly picked up on. Thinking back to it and it, maybe, but I don't know... Uh, I don't know if I would have called that. But again, I was right on top of everything. So the fact that 
Jim was further away from Al, I probably wouldn't have picked up. Yeah. Because it, they were like right there. You know? Yeah. So they were, there wasn't really something like I could judge their distance, you know, what it, what it would look like, like back in row, well, let's say H or P or, you know, from the balcony or anything yeah. and what it would look like, what the stage looked like. To me, everybody was right on top of me. <laughs> So uh, you mentioned oboe solo, and yep. I have a very exciting epiphany that I would like to share that supports my theory that we get the oboe solo, okay, or the band solo, or the orchestra, orchestra solo, solo right. only on You Don't Love Me Anymore shows. Yes. And the reason for that is, are you ready? Do you yep. want to do a drum roll for this? Because I'm so Can excited. I do an oboe solo for this? Can you do an elbow solo? Elbow solo? All right. <laughs> Al goes not to Steve, but to an orchestra member because Steve is not on stage during that song. So Steve does not have the bass with him ready to do a solo at that point. So that's why it goes to someone in the orchestra. And they have to plan it out ahead of time because they have to give that person in the orchestra a heads up that this is going to happen and what to do. So that's why it specifically is for you don't love me anymore. Shows. That is so obvious. Makes, <laughs> Does that make perfect sense? That makes perfect sense. <laughs> Let me just throw a question in there. Why then does he not go to the oboe solo on shows where Steve is on stage as well? Or the orchestra. Right. Um, solo? That is a great question. But maybe he just wishes to hear the talents of Steve J on that particular evening. It's probably less work because you don't have to to coordinate with to coordinate the, with the yeah. oboe player to coordinate with peaches on lights and you know then you don't have to coordinate with you know saying the name later in the show you know so I feel oh, like it you know it just it makes it an easy thing to just another thing to swap between. I, I'm. Do you agree? Do you, you think that's a plausible? I think that's extremely plausible. I. Not, I was very something impressed I, that I. Thought it's so of that. obvious that it's <laughs> like, oh, I should have thought of that. Right. <laughs> now, way before you know, twenty-four centimeters into this, <laughs> into this adventure. That's yeah. Well, I, okay. I also wanted to say it, it made me think back to the ill-advised vanity tour last year. You know, Jim would often be switching guitars because the songs were always in a different order. Right. So sometimes it would take Jim an ex- you know extra time to switch to the right. guitar and you get the the pedals right. set up and you know get everything tuned. So I do remember times where Al would throw to Steve and Steve wasn't ready himself. Right. So you know he would be like kind of scrambling and and so that all kind of floated in when I had that epiphany. So yeah, that was a little. That, yeah, of course that tour is a lot less scripted, a little yeah. lesser. So there were times where definitely I feel like he called for a. A solo just without letting them know that right. a solo was coming, and they were either and it happened to right, it happen to Bermuda, <laughs> I seen it happen to, uh, to Steve. You know, just kind of like, what? Oh, really? Okay, we're doing that now. Okay, well, you gotta give me a minute. I'm not ready. But this was my favorite oboe solo ever, and I'll let you know why. Because the oboist played "My Heart Will Go On." By really? Dion. Really? Yes. Oh, I was wondering what they and were playing. I was playing. like, some, in the past, the oboe solos have been very, at least the ones I've seen, have been very quick, like, you know, a couple notes, you know, or a yeah. short, short little piece. This was a, it wasn't, you know, the full song, but it was like a, a longer oboe solo. It was at least like 30 seconds yeah. long. And it was My Heart Will Go On, which I thought was awesome, which I love, absolutely love this. Well, so, so we did learn, I don't know who, I, I think I learned this from... 
Bermuda after the show. I don't remember okay. who I learned it from, but we learned it from a couple different people, including Kat, that this orchestra we saw tonight will be doing the next two shows. Yes. So based on my theory that I believe I've, you know, yeah, no. concocted with, you know, with the, yeah. we should in Abbotsford be seeing another oboe solo. Uh, so we right, would be interested or... to see if it will be... My heart will go on, and I'll be prepared, and I can listen for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was clear. If I mean, you know, Jackie, I turned to her and was like, "That was my heart will go on." She's like, "Oh yeah, that was." <laughs> That's great. So, so yeah, so absolutely, that was so cool, and that's by far my, you know, my favorite solo. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <the> just <laughs> was amazing, and I did catch the uh, oboist name. Uh, I d- yeah, well, I have I have something to talk about for that. So okay, we can hit that later. We'll hit okay. that later. Sure. Then we had Tacky. Yep. And Tacky was just, it was fun. I mean, I, I always just love seeing Al interact with people. I love seeing him twerk his, you know, in front of people, like right in their face and, you know, stand on, you know, empty seats. <laughs> I noticed Al, he was like kind of walking back behind the sound booth, I think. or I don't uh-huh. know where he was, but there was a guy with like a big expensive camera in his hand and Al went and high-fived him. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was just like, and the guy like had a huge smile on his face. It was just, cool. It was just funny. In the past couple of shows, he's kind of gone up the aisle and just turned around and come back down. I guess yeah. there's no place. But this time, he kind of went all the way around the entire theater. Yeah, he did, he did big, the perimeter. Big, yeah, the perimeter, which was cool. It was always kind of cool because it's like, well, that doesn't mean, oh, did I pick the right side you know, to sit on? <laughs> right. Like, so he kind of hit both sides of the theater. Yeah, I guess it really nice. just depends on the layout of the venue. Yeah. I would imagine they do a run-through of that before yeah, I would the show. Th- I would think he, would, he kind of scopes out the venue. Yeah. It's like, how am I going to walk? And he's got to coordinate with the camera person. Carl, yeah. Carl, yeah. yeah. Carl. What path are we going to take? You know, so. Oh, and that was something from before we uh, had dinner. Oh, right. is We, we, we ran into Carl and Jesse. They were yeah, just like just... out by the bus. And then we walked all the way... like. <laughs> You know, this venue was a little odd in that it was hard to find. There was no marquee, which is yeah. something very unique Rare, for really for, a, for a beautiful venue like that, or just really any venue that's an indoor theater of that size. There's some sort of marquee, but there really wasn't. It was just <laughs> no, kind of like, like a building. Yeah, it was just... It, we had to ask somebody, where is the theater? <laughs> yeah, if you didn't know the address and you didn't know you were in the right area, it would have just looked like an office building. Yeah. Like it, it was very really interesting. So we saw them like by the buses, but then like completely on a different block, we ran into them again. <laughs> and <laughs> they kind of, they felt like they owed us an explanation. They were like, we're just wandering around. <laughs> we're not stalking you or anything. Right. We're not checking up on you. <laughs> So before Harvey Al, you know, says this is the reason I, I wrote right. the tour or I put the tour together, some guy yelled out, "Bologna!" <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. Almost, but I, what I really love about that, especially around me, is that after that build up, the people around me were I could hear whispers going, "Oh, what's he gonna do?" Right. Oh, 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 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, people like getting out their cell phones, like oh, I gotta record this monumental moment. Right. It was, it was like I was like the anticipation around at least where I was sitting around me was just like, oh, oh, what is this? What is this? And then of course, as soon as the first couple notes of Harvey the Wonder Hamster hit, they just burst out laughing, which, which <laughs> I absolutely love. Which of course is the the whole setup for that. Thing. I love when but people it, think Al's. You know, actually going to be serious for once, right? Nope. <laughs> it's like nope. But it, yeah, so that was that was a lot of fun. And honestly, this is uh, might be my favorite of the night. But we'll see if that changes. This Harvey, be, uh, yeah, Harvey the Wonder Hamster. I just really enjoyed it that. It was good. You know what was really standing out to me during Harvey was that 
guitar that shattered into toothpicks <laughs> was still all over the stage. Oh, and wow, it was yeah. it was just it was really funny to see that. Yeah, just, right, there really is no time for them to clean up that guitar until the video clips come on. Right. right. So it's a uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, yeah. So it was still all over the stage, and then they were still there for Jackson Park Express, and and this is where I was, you know, really seeing Bermuda, and and you oh, know, yeah. there's a lot of really great instrumental parts, and, and just it's it's really great getting to see the whole orchestra and seeing all the different instruments for this song. Yeah, you asked me to look for something in this. Yes, and I I wasn't able to see it from where I was, so I was hoping that you remembered to look for it. I did remember to look for it. And I was like, okay, the moment's coming. So you asked me to look for Watch Monique while Al is saying, <laughs> I like your boobs. Yes. So I was like, okay. So I could actually see, because I could see the Al's gals fabulous from where I was sitting. Yeah. I could see Monique's you know, I was too far back to get facial and, expressions. And like, I'm like, I could see Monique perfectly from where I am. So I know the moment's coming. I like your <laughs> boobs. It starts off, you know, and, and she's just standing there, you know, singing and doing her thing. And she's, you know, being perfectly, you know, professional, <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, he goes, "I like your boobs," and her eyes just widen so much, and this look on her face, and I just burst out laughing because I'm so glad you saw it because it is so funny. It, it was like, I was like, "How have I never noticed that before?" That was <laughs> that was just hilarious. And then, she, then she's like, just wide eyed, like shocked. <laughs> And then eventually she composes herself and, and goes back. So it's like the instant he says it, like her facial expression goes from like just like you know, serious, I'm, I'm singing, I'm a background singer, I'm working, to oh my God, what did he just say? To okay, okay, I think he said, oh, he really said that? It, wow, yeah. okay, all right, I got to get professional again. And she plays that perfectly and it's absolutely hilarious yeah so definitely yeah. we'll be watching for that the next yeah, two shows uh, yeah I'll, I'll absolutely <laughs> so then after jackson park express we get the video clips and i noticed effect was still in effect yeah and i did notice hawkeye bringing out the cup of water for smells like nirvana and i i've never actually seen i you know i i've I figured there it had to go out there because right. Al would have kicked it if it was, <laughs> you know, he could he could accidentally kick it if it was out there already. Right. But this is my first time actually seeing it being placed. So yeah, uh, okay, it was yeah. interesting. Yeah, so he yeah he comes out he places it during that song. I like this particular performance of Smells Like Nirvana. The, from where we were, this we were in the fog, which was awesome from the stage. You know, I could see Jim just jamming away yeah. on the guitar, really getting into it. I could see Steve had his extra low. <laughs> bent over strap on his guitar basin and because i was so close i knew it was coming i got baptized by the nirvana water excellent was this your first time this tour no i had gotten uh, baptized in baptized i don't mean this in a disrespectful way for any but <laughs> but uh, i don't have a better term for it Cuptized. Uh, I, I got i got hit Gargled. by the i got hit by the nirvana water in orlando as well okay uh, so this That's is the second great. time on this tour that i got hit and I did notice that the cup was black. It was, yeah. it was definitely black. There was a little controversy whether it was a, a dark blue or a black cup, but it was. I, mean, I think it was. It was clearly black, and even like Jack was like, "Yeah, that's black." And then he threw the cup, and it. From where I can see, it looked like it went like four rows back in the audience. I noticed it. And, it went five rows oh, back. Five. Okay. And literally landed right yeah, in the guy's just, hand. Yeah, I just saw. The, <laughs> I just saw a guy just just reach up and just like it was he like, caught boom, it. Right in his hand. It was like it was like a foul ball. Yeah, it was like it was. Oh, that was a perfect catch. So um, good job to uh, whoever that was that caught that and. and 
So there were a, a couple other parts that really stood out to me during Smells Like Nirvana. The tuba part in the song, with the tuba solo, I saw the tuba player stand up. Wow. I don't know if they shined a light on him, but I could see him perfectly. I could see the shiny tuba, and he really, you know, he was... I, I don't remember ever really hearing that part stand out the way that it did tonight. And he just, you know, he stood up, he played it, yeah. and it was amazing. It was just so great. It's such a funny part of the song, and getting to hear it. Yeah, I, for the great. first time, too, I really heard the tuba on that one, too, so I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't see the tuba player stand up, because I was, close right, to, I was right. so far down. And, yeah, and he really, is I could, the, base, he's the I could see the front row of the back. orchestra, uh, essentially. But remember when I said Harvey the Wonder Hamster was potentially my favorite? Yeah. Well... That changed. Smells like Nirvana <laughs> was my favorite of the evening. Yeah, that, I mean... And that probably won't change. <laughs> well, so I also, you know, there is a point in the song where Al ditches the mic stand. Yeah. And he kind of threw it and it rolled quite a bit, which was <laughs> interesting. It really made some distance. And then right at the end of the song, I don't know if you caught this, but, you know, Al lays down on the ground and usually the Al's gals will drop their pom-poms yeah. as they walk. Well, Monique was standing at the far side. She lobbed her her pom pom, right. and it landed square in Al's face. And oh. I could hear it in the microphone. Oh. Like you could hear it hit. It was so funny. Oh, that's hysterical! <laughs> Just such a perfect hit. There was one moment in the song which I, I'm probably the only person who saw this just because of the vantage point I was at. But I looked over to my right towards Steve's side of the stage, and I saw Steve, and he had his foot up. A barefoot, of course. Yeah. <laughs> up, on, up on one of the little speaker boxes or whatever that's on the front of the stage. And he was, you know, just jamming away. And there was this, the fog machine, which was up high, just let out this burst of fog. And it was just this little ball of fog that was traveling, heading right towards Steve. And it just kind of, just like encompass Steve. It's like somebody has shot like a little bubble or something of, of this fog and it just got headed right to Steve and just like it covered. And I was I, just from my angle, I was like, so that moment was something that like I was probably the only person who got to see that. But it was just very yeah, memorable, very cool looking. So during the video break, there was something I had asked you to look for and I'm wondering if you remembered to do that during the naked gun scene. I don't even remember you asking me oh. to something during Naked Gun, so you're going to have to refresh my memory. So when one. Al, uh, when they show Al getting off the plane... Oh, yeah. No, I, I wasn't looking at the videos. Uh, I, so, that, I, so I apologize. I, I, I do was, remember what you... Yes, yeah, so at. I was looking closely, and it looks like it's Victoria Jackson okay. to his right, to the right of him, his left. So all right, so I will have to check next time. I have to check uh, when we go to Victoria. And it look looks that. just like if it's not her, it's a lookalike. All right, so um, that was. If uh, only I didn't own like eighteen thousand copies of Naked Gun in every possible format for my Weird Al collection, <laughs> and I wasn't back in New Jersey, I could have popped any of those. I mean, we literally could just find it on, we, on YouTube, we, we but. It's more fun to you want me to look for it look on the big authentically. Yes. All right, okay. So I will. <laughs> I will try to remember to do that. I generally use the video clips to kind of write down some notes on the previous song. So yeah. um, sometimes I don't because I've seen them right again and they a don't million change. times. Right. So yeah, they don't change. Effect never fixes. Yeah, I do look up at that point in the song to make sure that they haven't fixed that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dare to be stupid yeah. was great. Al did the spitting on the fish part, which he didn't yes, do he did. in the last show in Seattle, so I was happy about that. And I saw a couple other people raise their hands for the 
Can I have a volunteer? I raised my hands for can I have volunteers. You did. Yes, you did. I did. That's great. I usually don't. I usually, you asked me to be a little more uh, participating. In the, well, thank you for doing Did so, you do the salute? I did not do the salute. Okay. Well, baby steps. Uh, um, <laughs> but I did raise my hand for can I have a volunteer. Um, and I did have a great view of Lisa during this performance and her robotic just head movements and everything it just cracked me up they're so they, they do they're, it they're so spot well. on they're spot they on they're, so they're wonderful well. they're, they're so cool and I did notice I don't know if it was me where, where I was sitting I just couldn't hear but he said you know when he asked you know I can't hear you and then usually the volume of the uh, dare to be stupids from the uh, the audience <laughs> gets louder it did not change and then he said okay I can hear you now so I was like I didn't hear a difference. <laughs> well, maybe that's all he needed. Just <laughs> needed to hear it again. Uh, <laughs> so after Dare to be Stupid, there's more video segment. Yeah. And during the Jeopardy part, you know, they say like a surgeon and eat right. it and white and nerdy. And white and nerdy always gets right. a huge cheer. But tonight, you know, arguably, I thought Edith got an even bigger cheer than yeah, White and Nerdy. The, the, the longer the tour has been going on, it, it, I've been noticing that Edith, the volume of cheers for Edith has been going up. It yeah, really so, has been. It, so, so, but, but then, of course, when he comes out on oh, the segue, yeah, well, everyone cancels loses it. it. That yeah. cancels out. The, they, they forget about Edith. No, Edith, what quick. was the Edith? The Al did Edith, what? Huh? <laughs> I have noticed that, too, that White and Nerdy usually dominates the cheers, but... I have noticed that Edith has making it a close race. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, White and Nerdy, of course, as you mentioned. There's going to be a throwback to a previous interview we did. <laughs> but uh, you know how Al's gals, where they wear glasses out on stage? Yes. And you remember with her interview with Susan McNabb, how she told us in the video she did for UHF as one of the Robert Palmer girls, is that they had to run to the store and buy glasses at the last minute because oh, uh, yeah. the, the prop person forgot to have glasses for that scene. So they ended up buying reading glasses, which were prescription. But the girls in the video put that on, just kind of gave them headaches and everything. As they were walking out wearing their glasses today, it reminded me of the Susan McNabb interview. And I'm <laughs> thinking, oh, I really hope that these glasses are just regular plain prop glasses and not reading glasses and they're up there. Or at least hopefully they pop the lenses out or something. Yeah, I didn't notice that they had lenses in them or not. I should look for that next time I can... Yeah, we should ask. But yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure that they're smart enough to have remedied that, but that reminded me of their interview with Susan McNabb. <laughs> I love that. So I just wanted to point that out. So I had another epiphany during White and Nerdy. I think we... One episode, and this isn't as big of a deal as the other epiphany, but one of us had questioned why Steve stands right next to Ruben during this, and I figured it out. Yes. He stands next to Ruben at the beginning of the song, so Al has more room on the Segway. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that makes sense, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And I did notice this particular concert that Hawkeye, during the video clip, was out, like, sweeping up all the guitar yeah. pieces. Because <laughs> I'm sure they're dangerous to be out there with Al riding by in the Segway. You know, he can... I, they did sweep it up before Smells Like Nirvana because Steve's out there barefoot. They right? don't need him true. stepping in. You know? So again, he was sweeping up again, so maybe it was just a spectacular <laughs> explosion that there were still pieces out yeah. there. Steve probably came back, hey, I have some splinters in my... my right, feet. Steve's bleeding. Why don't, you, uh, <laughs> why don't you clean that up for Al? I don't know. I did want to point out 
because I've noticed it uh, in the past, but I don't think I've brought it up on the centimeters before, is how respectful Eric is during the music video clips not to be standing up in front of the clip blocking it. He gets off and he stands to the side so he's not blocking the video clip from the audience perspective. And that is for the... For all of the video clips. Well, he does sometimes actually I mean, exit the stage as well. Yeah, so in this particular... Well, okay, so at least I did notice him several times just standing off to the side, just out of the way of the yeah. video clip. So, And he just stands there and just like perfectly respectful of saying, hey, I don't want to block you know the experience of the user. Right. I just, I just think that is just absolutely so <laughs> nice of Eric. Because, I mean, I don't know if that's something that, you know, you might not think about, you know, if you were a conductor, you know, usually standing up in front of an orchestra. Because there's not usually, uh, right. been to too many orchestras, you know, that haven't been fronted by Weird Al's <laughs> band. Yeah. But uh, there's probably not a lot of video clips, I'm thinking, in a full orchestra <laughs> performance. So it's not something that the conductor might necessarily think about. You know, that, oh, I'm standing in front of a video screen where people are trying to watch. So I thought this was really respectful of Eric. I wanted to... You know, Good job, Eric. Yes. So for Amish Paradise, Jim did the swirly hand movement for Ezekiel Thinks My Mind Is Gone. And I had a very great view of the audience, so I yeah. wanted to report on the hand-waving that yeah. I saw. Did you see me wave my hands during verse number one? So during verse number one, I saw you and Jackie yep. and three other scattered <laughs> people. So I saw a total of five people. <laughs> waving their arms right. for I'm, the first one. So, of course, Jackie, thank you. And to the other three people, thank you for participating <laughs> in what should happen at the arm-waving segment. So then, during the second verse, which is yeah. when Al does it, almost everyone was doing it. It was, yep. you know, nearly everyone in the theater. Yep. So then I saw something really interesting for the last one. Yep. Of course, we agree that we'd like to wave our arms for the third one. Yep. So I did it... For of course, for the second and third, but you and Jackie were doing it for the third, and it wasn't a whole lot of people, but everyone who was doing it was behind you guys in your section, so I felt that perhaps you influenced these people being so close to the front. You know, people in the other sections might not have been able to see you as well, but these people directly, you know, in the section, all the way back behind you. Nice. That was my impression. Well, again, there's another perfect example of how Dave Nathan's 2008 <laughs> Weird Al podcast can improve the show just by simple little suggestions. That's As right. Just wave your arms during the third verse. <laughs> so then, you know, after Amish Paradise, we go into the Amish Vamp, and Al. Well, I just want before we okay. go to Amish Vamp, I just want to point out. I think I know this is on the last centimeter episode as well, but in the line where Al goes, you know, turning the butter, turning lots of butter, turning lots of butter, he does this very, very suggestive. <laughs> up and down motion with his which is his what arms. you do to churn butter which is what you do to churn butter however he gets very uh, he's very enthusiastic <laughs> about it he really gets into it I, I do that it. hand mo uh, you know I do that with Al when I uh, hear the song that's my audience participation <laughs> you churn a lot of butter with Al I, I, yeah I, okay. in my seat I churn some butter <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> I really like the show Dave so then Al starts introducing yeah. and he's like I'm going to introduce every member of the band and I believe that Al understands that sometimes it's hard for us to get the name correct for yeah. the oboe player, whoever the yes. orchestra soloist is. So Al literally said her name five times. <laughs> he did. He said, <laughs> and it was so helpful because I didn't get it the first time. I wrote down Emma Remos, 
for the first oh. one, and then he kept saying it, kept saying it, and it was Emma Ringrose. Yes, it was Emma Ringrose. And I heard it the first time as Emma Ringrose, so I'm glad he said it multiple times. I'm glad so he I said confirmed it. Confirmed it as it was. Emma and Ringrose. I have a, a friend who lives in Schenectady whose last name is Ringrose. Oh. So oh. once I heard that like that, I was like, oh, of course, Ringrose. Nice. <laughs> and then he's like. Uh, and you know everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and he made Emma stand up because she wasn't standing up initially. He's like, Emma, stand up. Emma, stand up. <laughs> right. And she's like, Emma oh, okay. Emma Ringroads. Emma Ringroads. <laughs> so uh, that was really cool. And that then, is the best way to have a solo, have Al say your name five times on stage. Just I'm wondering if it is Emma who does the solo again in Abbotsford, if she stands up immediately. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. <laughs> so, you know, do you want more? The whole chanting. Uh, he did get a standing ovation. Um, for the last For the last You want some more? more. That was so cool. Yes. Um, including myself and Jackie. I don't know if you noticed that from the balcony. I don't know if I was standing or not. What? I don't remember. I probably was. <laughs> and then we did get during the uh, the little break there we did get uh, people calling out Encore, encore, encore. A chant of encore. Well, I wanted to point out that oh, sure. uh, Jim and Ruben tipped their hats but again for the second show that we've seen in a row Steve did not lift his hat, nor did he yank on his beard. Well, I noticed something very, or actually Jackie noticed it and pointed out to me. So for Steve, he had his beard, but he had a really thick strap on his beard. Oh, yeah. So whatever, whatever incident happened. <laughs> they, uh, they've corrected they've it. They've corrected it so it will no longer fall off in his hands as he tugs at it. <laughs> She's like, he has a really thick strap on his beard now. I'm like, ah, okay. So the Rubemperor came out. He did. You know, he goes back and forth from half the theater to half the theater. This is interesting. He put a little twist on this one because he, you know, he goes Steve's side, you know, Jim's side, Steve, Jim, Steve, Jim, Steve, Jim. And they went, Steve, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, oh. And he, and he, he tricked me on that one. So good job, Rubemperor. You've actually caught me. <laughs> Rubemperor, the keeper of evil. <laughs> I was like, oh, I screamed on the wrong side. I was sitting in the center, but I decided I would side with... Side. I had to pick a side because I was really like dead center, <laughs> so I had to pick a side. I decided I would side with Jim. Just nothing against Steve, just decided Jim I Jim did was, do our amazing, wonderful theme song. I, yeah, it just felt like it was a day I should side with Jim. And Ruben did point to the orchestra to yes, see if they would cheer, and they did not. I didn't notice when he did. There was somebody in the orchestra who burst out laughing when, oh. he, when, he, when, he, when he dismissed them. <laughs> That's great. The saga begins. So what was the lineup for The Saga Begins? There were four stormtroopers, yep. Darth Vader, four stormtroopers, and R2-D2. R2-D2 was back. It was so I haven't seen R2-D2 in a while. It was no, nice to see R2 it was a very D2 full lineup, yeah, it was which was nice. Full lineup, yeah. Did you notice that, you know, once they get to the point in the song where the stormtroopers start dancing, the one all the way to the gym side was dabbing. Did you see that? <laughs> I could not. No, I did. I was not watching that they were particular stormtrooper. They were doing like both dabs. Um, that, that's, that's cool. I did, not, I did not see the stormtrooper dabbing. Oh. I did notice a couple of things. I did notice R2-D2 was... Uh, his head was spinning. I've always looked at R two D two. I always thought he had like a front and a back to him. Yeah, you know, like like it's like it's yeah, the little, front has the like little camera lens, little camera part. lens on it, right? So I always called that his face or his front. I don't know if it's appropriate or not to call it a face, but his face. And I noticed that his head was backwards, so his face was in the back. <laughs> he was looking backwards at the stormtroopers. <laughs> so I don't, he was in, I don't know if he was interested in watching them dance or what, but it was a, I thought that was interesting. And I did notice that when Al does signal for Darth Vader to turn his lightsaber yep. on, 
Darth Vader did have a little trouble. Like, did catch him by surprise, it looked like. And he was like, oh, and he's fumbled to get his lightsaber out and kind of got caught in his He robe. got caught in the, yeah. And, and it's kind of like. People all around me laughed at that <laughs> little, little misstep. One uh, thing the, I didn't notice was. I didn't catch Al singing to a stormtrooper. Did he sing to a stormtrooper? He did sing to the stormtrooper. He sang to the, uh, not the one immediately next to Darth Vader, but the one next to... Okay, the, so the normal spot. Yeah, the one. normal and He spot. did sing, or he did touch R2 while singing the battle droid line. Yes. And there were arm waves by all the stormtroopers. <laughs> yes. And at least, I don't know how far back it went, but all the people by me were doing arm waves as well. So I don't know what your vantage point of the audience on that one was, but... Certainly the... I did not record my observations for that one. Fair enough. So then when the Rube Emperor does the Mexican hat dance, (laughs) I'm sure I've noticed this before, but it was prominent tonight to me, was during the parts where the audience is supposed to clap, the lights flash. Did you notice that? Did not pick that up. So as they clap, it's like, you know, blink, blink. It blinks during the clap. Oh, wow. I'll have to look Amazing, uh, Amazing little Easter egg. For Yoda, if you remember, there was one song where I said that I could really hear Jim's vocals. I think Word Crimes. I could really hear Steve's vocals during Yoda. nice. I felt that his mic was almost as loud as Al's mic. Like, I could really, really hear... Steve, and it's always great to hear. <laughs> you know, they're they're so talented, and you you know they do great background. But getting to really prominently hear his voice was really cool. The stage was high, so I was expecting him to do you know one of his oh, do it better yeah. type of uh, yeah because he's really he's done that he's done pretty that. consistently yeah, every um, show except for like the first one I saw, which was Cleveland. The stage was a little high here, so I was like expecting, but he didn't. He went I actually saw him walking over to the stage, and I said, "Oh, he's going to call somebody." out in the audience yeah and it was kind of funny i could see there were two people sitting directly in front of me two guys and he kind of pointed at one of them and was like motioned like hey come over here you know <laughs> and then that guy kind of like was like oh, what huh what what am i supposed to do i don't know if i'm gonna do that and then the person sitting immediately next to him in a blue shirt got up and went, went up to the stage so yeah <laughs> i was like all right <laughs> you'll work <laughs> yeah from my point of view it was like i thought al just Pointed at you know the guy who went up and the like I thought they they had worked it out because it just seemed so seamless to me. No, yeah, it was, um, and he was really he was a good singer. It was a very enjoyable interaction. Yeah, there was a little point where I was like, well, somebody's got to stand up because <laughs> <laughs> somebody's gonna have to sing Yoda really yep. soon. <laughs> and then we got confetti. Confetti. Yes, actually, I didn't even see the confetti because it all went over my head. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I had to look back to see if we actually got confetti or not. <laughs> So after the show, of course, Jackie and I had VIP. And what they told us as we were checking in is just don't wait in the theater. Just go directly to the VIP room. So we went over to the VIP room. And on the way out, we're walking. And somebody comes up to me and goes, are you Dave Rossi? And I went, <laughs> yes. And it was somebody I'd never met before, but somebody I had known from the Weird Al forums. And her name was Carol. You know, and then she said, because of your tattoo on your leg, you know, your positioning of where you put your Weird Al tattoo I decided I would put mine on my leg, too. I said, like, you have a Weird Al tattoo? She said, yeah. So she showed me, and she has a Weird Al signature on, like, her leg. You know, really well done. 
And it was cool and it was nice to meet her. And so she wanted to take a picture. So we took the picture, but it was like in this darkened little side room where they had us like exiting out of. So I was like, oh, that picture's gonna look terrible when she gets home and tries to look at it. <laughs> so I was actually out in the lobby and, and as we're walking out into the lobby, heading towards the room, we see her and I'm like, it's much better lighting here. Let's take a better picture. <laughs> so he's like, oh, thank God. So we took another selfie with her and then we took pictures of our tattoos together and everything. <laughs> and if I'd never seen this before, but uh, one of the uh, CID entertainers people had come over to me he's like you have a patch you need to get in that room <laughs> like, so they were like like looking out for me like how come you're not in the room so I'm like I gotta go and Jackie and I went over to the room and as we're walking in the room we see uh, another CID employee handing out the sheet music and she goes oh here's the last two sheets so I went really <laughs> she goes yeah you're the last two I said what happens if somebody else comes she's like well they don't get any oh I'm my like, god how could you run out so I was like how big is this VIP section so I go in there and there's like less than 100 people in the room <laughs> or close to 100 people maybe I'm like all right something's not right so fortunately or unfortunately there were two other people who came in immediately after us they did not get sheet music and I wasn't going to say anything. And then I thought, maybe I should just give them my sheet music because I have some extras. And before I got a chance to go offer the sheet music to them, it was a, a gentleman and a woman. I'm assuming they're a, a couple of some sort. And she saw another person with sheet music. She said, hey, where'd you get that? And they're like, oh, they're handing it out the door. And I said, uh, yeah, unfortunately, they gave us the last two. And so she goes, oh, I'll fix that. And she ran out <laughs> and she found JW. And JW's like, I'll fix it. And he did. He came back and he gave them both a sheet of music. So I don't know where he got this sheet music from. He probably stole she it She went from... to the right person because, you know. Right. The, the other workers, right. Yeah. They don't have the kind of cop that JW yes, has. Yes. So he came back. And meanwhile, she had brought in. And the reason why she had come so late is because she was carrying an accordion case. Wow. With like a full accordion inside of it. So she had to drag that in there. And she uh, wanted to get that signed by Al. And I got to talking with them. And I noticed that the gentleman had like three or four pieces that he wanted Al to sign. And so I politely let him know Al's only going to be able to sign one of those. However, Jackie and I are willing to give up our signatures, you know, so you can get all your pieces signed. And he thought that was absolutely amazing. I told him about how we had a podcast. And he was said, you have a podcast? Well, because I... Uh, would love to talk to you because I'm a editor of a newspaper that runs up here in Canada, and I was thinking about doing an article about Weird Al. <laughs> I was like, really? So uh, we got talking, and his name is Ira, and he's the editor for Absolute Underground, which he says is all over Canada, like distributed all over Canada. So I got talking with him, and he's an extremely nice guy, and it was really cool, and he's covers like all the music scene and it's been around since like 2004 he's i have a copy here take it so i i took it <laughs> i haven't looked through it and read it yet but i'm gonna check it out and that was a lot of fun to get to talk to him and he did uh, put the stuff in front of al the sign because he was standing in front of me in line and uh, jw was there and he's like oh only one and i'm like jw he can have my signatures. So she <laughs> was like, okay. That's very nice. <laughs> so it was cool. But all, while we were waiting, because uh, we went in, we got our pictures with Al. I got a funny picture with Al. I had asked Al if he would kind of push me as if I was getting out of the picture. And I love the way it came out. So at some point I will post it on my Facebook. So if you want to see that, go check it out on my yeah. Facebook. And I, we, while we were there, we were hanging around and Javier was in there. So I saw him come over, sit with us. So we got to hang out with Javier. It was actually went really quick in the VIP lounge. We got our pictures and immediately they're like, all right, they're printed. Go get your stuff signed. <laughs> and so... I was like, okay, I know Ethan's waiting for me outside. Kat was waiting for me outside, so I wasn't going to go quickly. I said, I'll get in line. But the line went so quickly, I ended up 
being the last person in line, and it still <laughs> felt like I got out of there quickly. So yeah, it was, it was, it was moving really fast. Cool. I was very uh, blessed to have some after show, and I uh, got to see Lisa. Uh, of course, uh, one of our favorites, and then got to talk to Ruben quite a bit, who I hadn't really seen on this tour. So it was really nice to catch up with Ruben a bit and uh, get to talking about the tour and you know some of his favorite things to do on the tour, and spoke to Bermuda a little bit, and of course got to meet Al. And gave Al and Ruben handed out the last two shirts yes. on our, our list. So finally, yes. uh, all of the shirts have been given out. Around. And now they have to drag it around. So we just <laughs> redistributed them. Yes. So now there are uh, 19 people dragging them around. <laughs> so that was really great to get to give them. And then for my picture with Al... We were like starting to just do a regular pose, and I was like, oh, actually, Al, let's do this. I switched over to the other <laughs> side, and I said, Al, just put your hand out like this. I mean, I could have just, you know, Al invented that pose, technically, right. the, in 3D. Right. But uh, so the, he did it, and I did my uh, hand signal, and I thought it came out great. Uh, yeah, you said that to me, and I was like, oh, that's brilliant. I wish I had thought about that. <laughs> so Al was doing the Dave part of the that, Dave and Ethan that's uh, great, pose, yeah. and it was great. I had uh, Al sign my foil version of the foil tour poster, which is one of my favorites. And I don't know if Al had seen that one as foil in person. So he was admiring it too. And it was great. It was a really fun experience. And then waiting for Dave, I was just kind of actually security guards kept like eyeing me. Like, is this guy (laughs) going to do some funny business? But luckily no one harassed me and I just was able to wait uh, and it's great to get to see people right after they meet their yeah. hero. And, you know, seeing all the different things people got signed. A lot of vinyl, a lot of CDs. Right. And a lot of people love getting UHF on VHS yes. signed, which yes. I, I thought was interesting. And the weirdest thing I saw get signed was this giant wooden spoon. <laughs> Did you see that? I saw the the person in the in the uh, VIP area. It was like almost the size spoon. of like an oar. And it was this big, like, hand-carved wooden spoon. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to go talk to her about <laughs> well, why I, she was carrying a spoon I heard around. it. So she hands it to Al to sign, and Al goes, I'm assuming there's a story here. <laughs> <laughs> and she explained that she used to be a nanny, and she would always play Eat It uh, uh. to get the kids to eat. So she had this you know, commission so she could oh, get wow. it. So she, she had Al sign it, and then she asked him to write, Just Eat It, <laughs> underneath oh, the signature. Great. So. She could have done that with a smaller spoon, but... I would uh, think so, hey. yeah. <laughs> it's okay. She, she wants to carry that spoon around. Yeah. Display it. That's fine. Maybe she wants to eat with it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny you said the foil. Javier got his foil Dr. Demento poster signed. Yeah, him, and so once... Cool. And, and so I, I kind of could hear, and as Al was signing it, he turned to JW, who, of course, is the mastermind of all these posters, and he said... Am I going to get these foil ones? <laughs> <laughs> so I think after Al signed two of them that night, he was wondering, like, why don't I have these? <laughs> yeah, so uh, JW said he would hook them up. <laughs> yeah. JW knows someone. It's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, so I got to see Al. I got to talk to Al. He was cordial as always, and it was great to talk to him. And it's funny. He's like, oh, maybe I'll put on my Dave Nathan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirt <laughs> that I just got. <laughs> So and he, at that point, I'm like, I'm waiting, and I'm just like, I'm bursting. I'm like, JW, can I come over? <laughs> and we're, and I was, we were, Jack and I were the last two people really in line. And so JW was like, sure, just come over. Well, at first he said, no, get this man out of oh. here. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can go over. So, so we, I'll put his shirt on, and he kind of puts it and goes to pull it over his head and just leaves it on the top of his head. Well, it kind of got stuck because he's got so much hair. And then 
he just left it. <laughs> it was like, we're like okay. Oh, yeah. So, so we're like, all right, let's take a picture of this. And then I'm like, you, well, you're doing cornholio. You got to put your arms up like cornholio. So he does. So we have this great picture of Al as cornholio, and it's wearing wearing our, our Dave and Ethan Weird Al podcast T-shirt, and. I, I don't know. There's no other way to explain it. It's, yeah. <laughs> you just got to see it. I'm, I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, it's already been posted. If it hasn't been, bug us because Frank, yeah. Frank goofed up and, and forgot to post it at that point. So, yeah, so we got to wrap up quickly because <laughs> we're running out of. <laughs> Frank didn't supply us. We're with, running out of day. It's almost time for the next show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we did head out. We did get to see Cat outside. Yes. Yeah. And that was great because I haven't, I don't think I've ever met Kat before. So. I've never met Kat, but I, I recognized her name because she, she is, was a, she's yeah. a supporter. She's supporter listed on the website as a supporter of Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. And anyone who wants to donate, we would love to add your name as a supporter. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, anytime we get to meet someone who's a supporter that we don't already personally know, it really means a lot to us. Yeah. And there's so much that we got to talk to her about. I don't want to, yeah, I mean, we, we talked to her a lot about performing up on stage with Al and, and everything, and I don't want to get too much into detail with that because that is her story to share. But she was really, really, really thrilled, to, as I would be too, to be uh, performing with Al. The one thing I do want to mention, because it, it very much relates to what Dave and I do, is, first of all, she loves the podcast, she listens to every episode, but she said it was actually really helpful to her to hear our reviews yeah. because it gave her an idea of the timing and, and you know what what is Al doing between the songs and that kind of stuff. So she you know this thing that she you know she didn't have an opportunity to go to see a show beforehand. She was really having to take our word and, and it. She said it was very yeah, helpful. I, I, yeah, I mean I absolutely love that she told us that. And I would have never. Makes feel, I makes me feel like really really amazed. It, it, really happy, you know, that somebody could not only just enjoy us. I mean, somebody would want to listen to us ramble on for probably at this point two hours, but also was able to find something that useful out of it that she could use in her actual job to perform with Weird Al. It's just blown. That's another example of us yes improving <laughs> and adding to adding value experience yeah, for how Dave fans. Neeson's 2008 Weird Al podcast adds value to the podcast alright so to the podcast and to the live show in a couple short hours <laughs> at this point because we've been talking forever we're going to have to head off to British uh, yeah we are in British Columbia we're going to head off to Victoria in British Columbia technically we still are heading off to British Columbia <laughs> at the Save On Foods Memorial Center center i want to know whose memorial save on foods is i guess we'll get into that <laughs> on august 21st and if yeah it's coming up i gotta just add one last thing we grabbed a, a quick bite after oh, the show right. at denny's and second I, time we've been to denny's second tonight. time we've been to denny's in 24 hours first time i've been to denny's in maybe over a year and uh, <laughs> and i wanted a, a veggie burger and the choices were cheddar swiss or Canadian cheese, and I didn't know what Canadian <laughs> cheese was, but I got it, and it seems that American cheese is just called Canadian cheese, so <laughs> I think what we know and love as American cheese is really just insert current country here cheese. Uh, <laughs> wherever you happen to be, it, it is that country's cheese. <laughs> and speaking of that country's cheese... That was David Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast.
bonus episode, 24 centimeter. Well, sir, there's nothing on earth like a genuine, bona fide, electrified six-car monorail. what I say? Monorail. What's it called? Monorail. That's right, monorail. 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 I hear those things are awfully loud. It glides as softly as a cloud. Is there a chance the track could bend? Not on your life, my Hindu friend. What about us, Brendan Slobs? You'll be given cushy jobs. Were you sent here by the devil? No good, sir. I'm on the level. The ring came off my pudding can. Take my penknife, my good man. I swear it's Springfield's only choice. Throw up your hands and raise your voice. What's it called? Once again. It's still all cracked and broken. Sorry, Mom, the mob has spoken. Mario! 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 Mario!